0: what that was. Mark chapter 4, if you will. Uh, Mark chapter 4. And uh, we'll get kind of right into the message tonight. And then, of course, we'll be observing the Lord's Supper. I know it's been a long, a hard week for many of you. And I have that in mind tonight. But I do I do want to be a help. I do want to be encouragement, if I can. Uh, Mark in chapter 4 and th- verse 35. Oh, Little Bear Bible Club is dismissed. Yes, I would hear about that later, I'm sure. And uh, a little bit of Bible Club. You're going to have to do it without the music. And uh, you are dismissed, children. And have a great time uh, down there. And enjoy your lesson. Uh, what a special thing that will be. Uh, Mark chapter 4, in uh, verse number 35. And once you have found that, if you can, uh, stand to your feet. Uh, it will be on the sh- screen, I believe, as well. But Mark chapter 4. And verse 35, we'll just read a few verses tonight. The Bible says, And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. And say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. It certainly is good to be back in your house tonight. Thank you for the faithfulness of your dear people. What a great crowd. Lord, determining to be back, Lord, here as we, of course, consider you and what you've done for us and reflect on that. Lord, as we thank you for that, as we be stirred to, Lord, love you more and serve you more in the days and weeks ahead. As we take this message, Lord, and as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's supper tonight, as we commemorate that, and may you help us, Lord, to stir in our hearts be with the children in the nursery, and thank you for the faithfulness of their people and the hard work today. Many of them serving so much, and or may you bless continue to bless their efforts in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I was reading this passage uh, in preparation for Vacation Bible School and. The story there. And uh, as I was doing that, I came across this commentary uh, by McLaren, and he said this Among the many loftier characteristics belonging to Christ's life and work, there is a very homely one which is often lost sight of, and that is the amount of hard physical excursion, prolonged even to fatigue and exhaustion, which he endured. And Christ is our pattern in great many things, he is our pattern in the sweat of his brow. He did his work and knew what it was to suffer, but also what it was to toil for man's salvation. I never really thought about uh, the, the, the work, if you will, the, the labor Jesus put in while he was here on earth. I, of course, you always think as a person that Jesus was God in the flesh and he was able to do all he did and not even think twice about it. But we have to remember that he was in, in the flesh. He was in the body and he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. And, and, and he goes throughout his three years here on earth and was very busy, very, very, very busy in all he did. And it's interesting here, the Bible says there, they took him even as he was in the ship. And the commentary uh, says it, it, it suggests extreme weariness and exha- exhaustion. He felt this after a hard day's work. And when he, the swiftness of the move to the little boat, the crowd just kept coming at him. And he got in the boat, and what's interesting, and Mark here, it says there was little ships around him. And so here they do, the crowd gets in the little ships, and he starts slowly floating away. He's done. He's done teaching. The people keep coming, and they get in little ships and come with him. And uh, the Bible says there that <clears throat> he goes on board without a moment's preparation. And he's not thinking about the storm that's possibly going to come. He, he's just thinking about, let me get in this boat and let me get farther away. And then he goes into the ship and falls fast asleep on a wooden pillow. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't sleep well in wood. And, uh, but Jesus here does. He is on a bench here and he's sleeping. And he's so tired that the storm doesn't even wake him. And then the disciples lay their hands on him and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And so we see several things from this. We see a tired person because of all the labor and toil he did. And so there's really three things uh, that I want to show us tonight. First of all, we see the toil of Christ's service. The toil of Christ's service. The gospel of Mark traditionally set forth Jesus Christ as the servant of God. And that's really what the theme is of the book. Matthew depicts Jesus as king. Luke depicts Jesus as man. And John, Jesus as eternal word. And Mark's inscription might also be, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Behold my servant whom I behold. And we see the toil of Christ's service showed to us in the book of Mark through his swift, strenuous work. Through his swift, swift, uh, swift, strenuous work. If you look at several words that Jesus used here, Mark used, the Bible says, Straightway they forsook their nets. Uh, straightway he entered into the synagogue. Immediately his fame spread abroad. Forthwith... They entered in the house, and Anon, they tell him of her, and immediately, and you see rapid acts of mercy and love. And Jesus was on a mission, and he had come to seek and to save that which was lost, and he was very busy. And this shows a picture here, and we see the profound parables in the kingdom of God that were mentioned before the the stilling of the storm even happened. Of course, the feeding of the 5,000. And if you look at chapter 3, verse 21, if you want to flip the page back, The Bible says there, and when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay on him, for they said he is beside himself. And if you remember, Jesus, uh, calls the twelve, and he goes to send them, and his friends come and lay their hands on Jesus. Can can you imagine Jesus having to deal with his friends? Why are you coming right now? (laughs) You know, I'm getting these twelve, and of course later we'll read that they desire to speak of him, and with hostile intentions to lay hold on him, needing restraint. And Jesus had to deal with that while he's trying to send the 12. And can you imagine the deep and painful chords he must have felt as his own friends, his own people he grew up with, did not think he was who he said he was? And verse number 22, we see a lengthy debate with the emissaries from Jerusalem. The Bible says, And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devil casteth he out devils. Can you imagine? And not only did his friends try to keep him and constrain him, but then these scribes come down from Jerusalem and say, he's Beelzebub, you know. Wow, let's deal with that one now. And then we see in chapter, uh, verse 23, and he called unto them and said unto them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? And he gives this discourse that's, that's brilliant. And he says all this back to back, and he shares all this with them. And then chapter 4, 1 through 9, he teaches a great multitude. It says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered in him a great multitude. I mean, so you see here, he's he's talking to his friends who don't understand him. He's talking to these, these scribes who are coming after him and, and falsely accusing him. And then he explains himself, and then he gets up in front of this great multitude and shares, and continues to share these parables. So we see through his swift, strenuous work, uh, it's continuing always on on guard. People are always coming after him, and people are always trying to to get him, and maybe even the scribes and Pharisees are trying to get him to misspeak, and they're constantly at him, yet he confidently keeps on going forward for the cause of Christ. We see also through his uh, service of love, the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 34, if you want to flip back a page, it it says there, And he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. I believe Jesus did that for a reason. He needed to get away. He needed to just decompress. He needed to unburden his heart to the Lord, if you will. And the Bible says, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. I mean, Jesus trying to get away, trying to get some rest, maybe even trying to get some R&R relaxation, some rejuvenation. And as soon as he goes and does that, who finds him? Verse 36, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, Jesus knew this already. But he's trying to get some rest, trying to pray, trying to get some quiet time. And they come after him. Parents, have you been there before? Your kids? You know, maybe it's because of the age of our kids right now. But I feel like it's a daily journey, right? And, okay, we got all very in bed. We're good. And then, oh, I forgot to get a drink. How did you forget that? You know, we do this every night. And, and, oh, no, I just found out I have, a, I have a mosquito bite I didn't know about, you know. And it's amazing how, when you think you're finally done and ready to retreat, the people kept on coming. But what did Jesus do? Look at verse number 38. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Could you imagine? I mean, just... Boom, 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 and barely gets a rest. And the crowd comes after him. The disciples come after him. He went with his wearied disciples into a desert place uh, to rest a while. And he gets up and away he goes again. Uh, look at Mark chapter 6 and verse number 31. We see later Jesus, of course, crosses over uh, to the other side. The Bible says there, and he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Can you imagine? Have you ever been so busy that you just want just a minute? Let me just eat on the way. Just give me a to-go cheeseburger. I don't care. I need something. I'm famished. And Jesus hasn't even had time to eat. The Bible says in verse number 32, when they departed into a desert place by ship, what's that last word? Privately. Well, this was by design. They're trying to get out, get away from everything. And what does the Bible say in verse number 33? And the people saw them depart, and many knew him, and ran foot a thither out of all the cities, and out went them and came together unto him. Can you imagine? Come on, give us a break. Now, I know Jesus didn't say this, but you think maybe the disciples may have thought this? Hey, we've been with you all day. We we even went privately. We tried to secretly get away. And yet, they found him. And they come again and again and again. And instead of seclusion, he found the same throng and bustle. The crowd was there. Some out of curiosity. No doubt many of them were. Some maybe were doubt sincere. But who were they? Well, they were the diseased. No, they were the demonics. It was as soon as his foot touches shore where they tried to go for privately, they get bombarded. But yet Jesus forgets about rest. He forgets about weariness. He forgets about hunger. Look at verse number 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. Was he irritated? Was he frustrated? Was he aggravated at him? Like maybe I would have been, or maybe you would have been. No, what did Jesus do? The Bible says there was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. What a great picture, is it not? How often have I been lethargic? I've been self-indulgent. I have maybe been selfish. But yet, Jesus Christ continued to minister to people. Now, I'm not saying today that we can... Emulate his ministry. He was God in the flesh. I get that. There's times we need to rest. There's times we need to relax. I'm 100% for that. But I wanted us to see tonight what Jesus did for you and for me. We see not only through his service of love and through his swift, strenuous work, but third of all, I want to see through his sacrificial last day of ministry. Look at Matthew chapter 21. I thought this was interesting. When you look at the last day of Jesus' ministry, of course, before he went before the uh, Sanhedrin, before he went before uh, Pontius Pilate, if you will, we see Matthew chapter 21 and verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come uh, to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent Jesus two disciples, saying, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass, and so forth. And he goes and gives them something to do and then we see in verse number uh, 23 and when he was come into the temple the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said by what authority dost thou these things now this wasn't a genuine question they weren't just coming to and say oh jesus please help us understand something no no they were trying to get him. They were trying to discourage him. They were trying to distract him. They were trying to get him away from teaching this crowd of people. And so the Bible says there in verse uh, number 24, And Jesus answered and said unto him, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me I and the wise, and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it from heaven or man? And they reasoned among themselves and And we say in verse 26, But if we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. Isn't it interesting how Jesus, in the midst of teaching, stops halfway, and these people try to stop him, and he gets them tripped up and gets them confused. Can you imagine the mind of Christ, the sharpness, the ability he had to stay ahead of the curve? And then in chapter 22, 1 through 14, he teaches about the parables of the kingdom of heaven. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says of chapter number 22, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teach us the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? And Jesus perceived their wickedness in verse 18. (laughs) Verse 18. Once again, they're coming after him. He's trying to help people, trying to teach people. And the Herodians come after him. And yet he takes the time to instruct them and make sure that they don't continue to hurt his ministry, if you will. And then in verse 23, he has a conversation with the Sadducees about the resurrection. And then in verse 35 through 40, we see the Pharisee. He has a challenge with them about the great commandment of the law. And then in verses 41 through 46, he silences the Pharisees by pointing to the 110th Psalm. Not a bad start to your day. He's getting a lot accomplished. And then in chapter 23, 1 through 39, he warns the multitude against the scribes and Pharisees. And he ends verse 38 with, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And then in chapter 24, verse 1, he's going home from the temple. I find it interesting. Could you imagine the day he had? I mean, he's dealing with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. He's dealing with the Herodians. He's dealing with all these people. All these negativity, and he's finally able to go home, no doubt, to rest in Bethany. And what does the Bible say in verse 1? It says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things, verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. I mean, can you imagine? Jesus is probably tired about now. He's had a long day. He's had time after time of refuting things. And his disciples come and they're questioning. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you love that? Finally ready to relax. And then someone asks you a serious question. Hey, let's talk about that another time, right? They finally get you. And what does Jesus do? Well, only what Jesus can do. In verse number uh, uh, four, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. And he spends the next few minutes giving a great discourse and investing in his disciples and loving them and training them and teaching them, even though he had to be exhausted. And then in verses 4 through 51, he gives a wonderful prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the world. And then he talks about the parable of the fig tree. He warns not to suffer the thief to come and the promise of reward for the faithful and wise servant. And then in chapter 25, he gives the parable of the ten virgins and its meanings. And verse number 14, he gives the parable of the king and the five talents. All of this work was in one of the days of the Son of Man. Not a bad day. Have you ever gotten home one day and maybe your wife asked, How was your day? Woo! That's a loaded question. It was great, you know. Could you imagine discoursing all that? Give me about, tw- tw- give me about an hour and I'll tell you about my day. But yet Jesus was happy to do that. That's his part, that was his work, that was his toil. In fact, that was prophesied long ago in Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and for the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. The toilsome of his service. Aren't you thankful for it tonight? The unceasing energy of his exalted power. He toiled unwearied here. He works unresting there. What are you saying, Pastor Justin? I'm simply saying the the example of the Savior. He was willing to do so much for you and me. He was Willing to answer questions. He was willing to refute. He was willing to take a stand. He was willing to stand for truth. He was willing to lovingly take some time and instruct his disciples in the way. He was willing to teach the crowds, the multitudes. He was willing to give and give and give himself. When he finally got the opportunity to rest, he still found time to give for you and me. And so we see tonight, number one, the toil of Christ's service, but number two, I want us to see the motives which impelled him to service. What was the motives? Well, it's conveyed by certain words. Oftentimes you'll find a mark, of course he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. He said, Another place, let us preach to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. He says, Wist ye not that it must be about my father's business, and my meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. McLaren also said, Christ lived and toiled and bore weariness and exhaustion, and counted every moment as worthy to be garnered up and precious, as to be filled with deeds of love and kindness, because wherever he went, and to whatsoever he set his hand, he had the one consciousness of a great task laid upon him by a loving father. Whom he loved and whom, therefore, it was his joy and his blessings to serve. Of course, the hardest part is yet to come. When he said, not my will, but thine be done. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then when he cried those wonderful words, it is finished. He had a purpose. He speaks words of grace. He speaks words of rebuke. He works works of power and love. He looks kindly at an outcast that many pushed aside he takes a little child in his arms stealing the wild uproar if you will of the storm it was all the same Whatsoever his hand found it to do he did it with all his might because the father had sent him we see conveyed by certain words but second of all we see the communion with christ he says my meat is to do the will of him that sent me he says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus was willing to do the most ultimate thing, be the perpetuation for the sins of the world. He was willing to be our substitute in hell for you and me. He was willing to go to the cross. The night when no man can work, he carries out. Of course, even today, he intercedes for you and me. By the way, he never sleeps. He's always waiting for you to cry out to him. Even today, as he's in the right hand of the Father, he still is longing to hear our cry and longing to hear our voice and longing for the few minutes that we will take to spend time with him. You see, conveyed by certain words, a communion with Christ, but I think it's interesting, the compassion for the lost. As we read earlier, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. What was the motivation? Well, it was doing his father's will. It was the communion with God, but it was also the compassion for the lost, including you and me. Isn't it? Aren't you thankful for the toil of the Savior, the motives that impelled them? And then last of all, I want us to see tonight the worth that his toil bears for us. The Bible says, for as much as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same. The cheerful, constant postponement, if you will, of our own ease, wishes, or pleasure. We must also be willing to respond to the call of the Father's voice. Even if a Nicodemus comes by night. Uh, Jesus took the time of a despairing father who forced his way into the house of feasting. For Jesus to come and heal his daughter. A beggar found him in a house where he probably would have rather remained hid and tore the roof away to get to him. Some came running to him in the way. Of course, they dropped their sick down through the roof. It's all the same. Jesus never thought of himself, but gladly addressed himself to heal and bless. He says, I came not to do mine own will, and even Christ pleased not Himself. Second Samuel twenty four, twenty four. Neither will I offer burnt offerings in the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. May I say tonight we know Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. God has done everything that we may have nothing to do. Aren't you thankful tonight that He was willing to go to the cross for you and for I? Hebrews two one. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. May we be busy about the Father's business. Though I understand there's times where you must be with family. There's times you must uh, get some rest. You must go on a trip maybe, go on vacation. There's times for all that. But may we be busy serving the Lord. I'm thankful today for nursery workers Who are willing to go and watch kids. And not just sit there and smile, but play with them. Get on your hands and knees, if you will. Um, Maybe even get nasty stuff on your fingers when you're changing those diapers. It's hard. It's, It's laborious sometimes. And even in the summer months, I know we've been having... Record breaking crowds in the summer for the last couple, over the last couple of years, and we've been having great crowds, and we're thankful for that. But yet, sometimes the workforce is a little slimmer because of summer. But yet, you're faithful. You're in your place. The teenagers, those who work in the teens and work in the children's ministry, it's hard. It's, it's tiring, and you feel like sometimes do we continue on, but may we thank the Lord for what He did for us. May we always remember that, hey, We can give our best for the master. May we also be reminded as the people come and uh, need help and and call us or or, or need someone to love on them or pray with them, may we be ready to do it. can't do it all, we know that. But may we never lose that heart for others and that compassion for the lost. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22 verse 19, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And tonight, as we get ready, and the men, if you'll get ready at this time, as we get ready for the Lord's table, I just wanted to spend some time. This wasn't a message, if you will, uh, uh, to goad you to do more for Christ, even though the Lord may use it to do that. This was a message to reflect on what Christ did for us. What he was willing to go at great cost, great efforts to spare none. And all he wants from us is a willing heart and to be a vessel that he can use and to allow him to work through us. We're going to have a word of prayer and then we'll get ready to uh, pass out the elements. But I want to encourage you tonight uh, as we pray, as I close in prayer, just maybe have a, a time in your own heart. Or you just reflect on what God's done for you and his goodness. And may I encourage you to spend some time thanking him. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. Lord, what a fitting message for this church, simply because they've displayed that this week. Lord, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, they were here in their place, loving on kids. Some of those children were a little ornery. Some of them, Lord, were even challenging. But yet, they loved them. Lord, they made food. They cut popsicle sticks. They decorated. They cleaned up each night. Trash and trash and more trash. Lord, they smiled and said hello and and bent down and and lovingly helped a child. Lord, they helped a parent who dropped their kids off. Some just so they could get a few hours of stuff done. Not even thinking twice about the impact on the eternity or what had to go into place to make this happen others lord lord are searching someone took the time to love on them and and invite them to come and lord you're working on their hearts even now lord every day as a a young man told me today then come the last couple weeks i said how did you know he says i drive by this place every day i finally came and checked it out lord that speaks volumes to how you still are working in lives. And so many people are serving so much. Lord, as we reflect on what you've done for us, Lord, may it help us, or be rest assured that you see what we do. You, you love what we do. You're excited for what we do. And, Lord, it is energizing for you. And, Lord, it brings great joy to your heart to see our toil, our labor of love may we never forget that Lord. as we take some time to reflect on lord your uh, communion lord and what you showed us the pictures if you will the symbols of what you did for us on calvary your precious blood that was shed lord the beating you took lord the uh, mental and physical toil you went through on the cross uh, may we reflect on that tonight. May we be grateful. If there's anything in our heart that we need to get right, may we Lord, confess it to you right now. Lord, may you help us to be men and women that decide to love you even more and fall in love with you. We sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, if you'll come forward. The piano plays. We'll get ready tonight. We pass out the bread and observe uh, the Lord's table. says, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you this due in remembrance for me. And as we look at the bread and we remember the broken body of Christ tonight, let's thank him in our hearts silently while I pray aloud and let's thank the Lord uh, for his goodness to us and what he did for us on Calvary. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. It certainly is good to come together as a church and remember Lord, what you did on Calvary. Lord, the whipping that brought the bleeding. Lord, the cat of nine tails as it shredded you, Lord. And Lord, as you lost so much blood, but yet still took the cross and trudged up the hill to Agatha, Lord. And as you willingly were abused and misused and mocked, but yet you stood on the cross, you could have called 10,000 angels. But you died alone for you and for us. Lord, thank you for that. May we never forget it. May we be forever grateful, Lord. And thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm the, uh, the men will pass up the juice. <laughs> Verse 20, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And tonight let's pray in our hearts as I pray aloud and thank God for the blood that he shed for you. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And we get to go to bed tonight redeemed and thankful we have a home in heaven one day because of the precious blood Jesus shed. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. Lord thank you again for their, your shed blood thank you for the power in it Lord. thank you that you lord, who, you who Lord had did no sin, even though you dwelt amongst us, you lived amongst us, and even though we talked about maybe some of the uh, fleshly side to you tonight and the and the rest and the and the weariness and or the constant barrage of people and lord uh people who were for you, people who were against you and Yet you still just loved and cared and were compassionate. But yet, Lord, you were willing to go to the cross for us and shed your blood. And thank you for it. May we never forget it. May we never forget about the power of the blood. May we never forget to share the good news of the power of the blood. May we never forget to spend time with you on a daily basis. May we be re-energized and excited and fall in love more with you than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. appreciate all the work and planning and all that goes into this. You can put the cups in the uh, seat in front of you, and we'll pick those up later. And um, uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness to God's house tonight. Hope you know that you're loved and appreciated. And uh, to have, hopefully maybe give a little greater appreciation for what Christ did for us here on earth. Uh, Let's go ahead and watch a video uh, of just a few upcoming events, and we'll be on our way tonight. Just wanted to remind you about our upcoming teen activities this week. We have a swim activity planned for the boys and girls. The boys' swim activity will be tomorrow, Monday, July 17th. We will leave the church at 9.30 and return at 1.30. And then the girls' swim activity will be Tuesday, July 18th, and it will be the same time. The cost is $5, and lunch will be provided for the young people. Don't want to miss this wonderful activity. Also, if you've not signed up for team Camp or you've not paid, you can do so online at GrandviewCares.com. The Best Years Club is having a special activity the 23rd of this month. It's a potluck right after the 11 o'clock service. Anyone 55 years of age and older, bring a few dishes. We're going to join together and have a great time of fellowship. Also, the Israel trip is coming up in January. Normally, we have many people interested, and already I've talked to many people that have said they are, but you have not signed up yet. In the next month or two, we've got to finalize that. So if you are interested, please sign up very quickly. Don't miss our men's softball game this Saturday at Westerland Park in Oregon City at 5 p.m. Come out and support our church and cheer on your favorite team. Don't forget to join us next Sunday morning following the 11 a.m. service for our starting point class. Explore membership at Grandview, find out more about growing in your relationship with Christ, and get connected with our church. Enjoy a delicious meal while learning how to take the next step in your journey of faith here at Grandview. The International Program at GVCA has the opportunity to host 33 Japanese students this August. The dates will be from the 2nd to the 14th. We are looking for several families that would be willing to host these students for those two weeks. If you would like to volunteer, please see Nicole Berkeley. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Okay, well I hope you'll be here Wednesday night where the Mutchler is excited about preaching. And I know you'll enjoy that. God bless you. Have a great week. You are dismissed.